0: Hebrews chapter number 12. We're going to continue this series called My Story. It's a little bit of a different series because during this series we, we also allow somebody from the church to share their testimony every week. So every week we've been hearing from different people just telling their story. And we've always started with this scripture from the book of Job. Job chapter 19. Job said this, Oh that my words were written. That they were engraved in a book. That they were, in, they were in rock, right? That they were actually written in rock, engraved in rock with an iron pen and lead. That they were in a book forever. How many of you know Job got his prayer answered? Because it's in this book and this book is an eternal book. And he said, this is why. For I know that my Redeemer lives. For I know that my Redeemer lives, not just that I have redemption, but that I have a Redeemer. Now, that's important because you need to know God doesn't redeem our past. He also redeems our future. Somebody say amen. He's not just the God of your yesterdays. He's also the God of your tomorrows. Hallelujah. You need to know that. You need to know that God's not finished. Listen, Jesus on the cross, he said, it is finished, but he didn't say, I'm finished. It's just just that he just said, it's finished. But Jesus is still at work in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you need to know that he is a redeemer. He's a redeemer. Amen. And Job said that somebody would write my story. And I said this, every God's story begins with an I was. I was, right? Job is saying this in Job chapter 19. It's still 23 chapters away from him actually seeing the redemption. So Job said, listen, I haven't even got to halftime yet, but you need to know that this is not a tragedy that is being written. It is a story of God's redemption because God's going to turn this thing around. God is setting me up for a major comeback. This is what I was, but this isn't going to be the final chapter of my life. And every God story begins with an I was, but, and that's a big but, come on now. But God didn't leave me there. Hallelujah. But I was headed off the cliff and he stood in the way. Hallelujah. But I was down in the pit and I cried out and he lifted me up out of the pit. Hallelujah. But God rescued me. See, some of us weren't even supposed to be alive. You weren't even supposed to be here. You weren't supposed to be alive in 2018, but yet here you are. Why? Because God had mercy. God had grace on your life. God rescued you for this moment. Amen? Paul even wrote in 1 Corinthians. He said, yeah, some of you were just like that. But, but, aren't you glad for the goodness of God? So we said a couple points, and even though we don't have sermon notes during this series, we said the first thing you need to know is I have a story to tell. I have a story to tell, and that story is unique. It is special. Nobody can argue with your testimony huh they can argue with theology they can try to figure out whether adam had a belly button Uh, i say no but listen they can't argue with a life that has been transformed and changed amen they can't argue with god's goodness over your life you are a walking breathing living testimony hallelujah do you remember the story of lazarus huh Lazarus was Lazarus was resuscitated I say he wasn't raised from the dead because he died again only Jesus was raised from the dead but Lazarus was resuscitated came back to life and actually the Bible says that the Jewish people tried to kill him because on account of him many Jews believed huh listen people need to look at your life and go wow God's done a great work in them huh Wow, there must be a God because look at the way they used to be and look at how they are now. Amen? See, we're walking, breathing, living testimony to God's goodness, God's grace, God's mercy over your life. You have a story to tell and God intended for you to tell your story. Okay? And the second thing you need to know is this, and we said this last week, your story is your mission. Your story is your mission. It really is. We looked at the story in Mark chapter 5 where there was a man who was was demon-possessed, a young man, and and he was in bad shape. And Jesus delivered that young man. And he says to Jesus, Hey, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. And Jesus said, No, no, no. I've got enough disciples Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to where you came from, back to your own hometown, back to where they used to know you, back to the people who thought you were crazy, back to the people who gave up on you, back to the people who wrote you off. I want you to go back there and I want you to tell them about the goodness of God, how the master had mercy on you. Tell them your story. Tell them your story. And that's your mission. That's what God intended for you to do, right? God didn't just want to save you, and that's it. Listen, the story of your life is never this. God saved the end. Yeah, some people think that that's all there is to it. No, that's not all there is to it. That's just the beginning, amen? Listen, the story of your life isn't God saved the end. There's more to it. That's just the start. That's just the start of your story. You need to know there's so much more that God has for you. If he just wanted to save you and have you check out, that as soon as you got saved, you'd have a divine encounter with a bus. But God doesn't want to take you out. God wants you here. You have a purpose. And your purpose is to tell your story. It's to tell your story. Amen? Amen. You were created. God, God made you with his own hands. You need to know that. You're not the product of two planets that, that were busy recalculating and they ended up rec- colliding because the GPS couldn't figure out where they're going, huh? You're not the, you're the product of some fish that, that ended up growing legs and becoming a frog and the frog became a monkey and the monkey became a man, huh? God breathed His own life into you. He formed you with His own hands, and you have an incredible purpose, and you have a story to tell. Somebody say, "Hallelujah. Yes, you do. Pastor Clark's here today, and, and I've been waiting to tell this story, and I didn 't know he was going to be here because last night I, I took my wife out on a date glory to God, and, and uh, we don't go out on Saturdays very much, but I had a coupon. I had a buy one, get one free at Brother Jimmy's, I think it's called, up at City Place. Man, we had ribs and cornbread and green beans and macaroni and cheese, and it was buy one, get one free. Praise the Lord. I felt like I stole something when I left the place. And so while I'm there, he texted me and he said, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. And I said, all right. And I began to think about the message today. And then began to think about pastors' life. Pastor's a Vietnam vet, and, and he had a he's told his testimony so many times. I feel like I could just tell it sometimes better than him. But he had a rough childhood, and uh, he literally for a period of life had to carry a gun to protect himself from his dad. And was a Vietnam vet, enlisted, went to Vietnam. He was the original American sniper. Was a sniper over in Vietnam came back and his life was just a mess and he struggled with alcohol he was separated from his wife and he was at an apartment in Gainesville and he said I had three choices I can enlist back into the military and become a mercenary because killing things seems like the only thing I was good at he said or I can just end my life right here in this apartment he said or the third option is I could surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And he wrote that testimony on a track. You see, that wasn't the end, that was just the beginning. He wrote that testimony on a track and he called it Lemons and Lemonade. Lemons or Lemonade. He thought real long and hard about that title Lemons or Lemonade? <laughs> And I remember sitting in the office one day, I was sitting in the office up in North Florida, I was a youth pastor for six years, and I was sitting in the office and somebody called the church, and they said, you know, listen, I don't know who to talk to, but all I know is this, I just read a track called Lemons or Lemonade, and I need to know how do I surrender my life to Jesus Christ? And over the phone, I led that man to Christ because somebody told their story. Your story is your mission. Yes, it is. It's your mission. You have a story to tell. And it doesn't end when you get saved. No, it just begins when you get saved. Right, amen. So let's talk about this today. Faith is what brings your story to life. Faith is what brings your story to life. Can we read in Hebrews chapter number 12? Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1 says this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Can I just say that one more time? Looking unto Jesus, he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. I said he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. You know, a lot of authors have themes just the way they write, right? There's people who write kids' books and become famous, Dr. Seuss and... There's people who write romance. Nicholas Sparks is a famous romance novelist. And then there's Stephen King who does horror. And, and, you know, J.K. Rowland who does sci-fi and fantasies. Jesus has a theme. He just has one theme. It's all he knows how to write. He doesn't know how to write anything else. And it's called faith. He's a faith writer. And that's all he knows. He doesn't know anything else. All I know is how to write faith. And he writes it better than anybody. And that's what your life is to be about. Your life is to be a story of faith that we go from faith to faith to faith. Turn the page. What's this story about? Faith. What's this chapter about? It's about faith. What's the next year about? Faith. God intended for your life to be a life filled with faith. Faith. You say, well, pastor, yeah, but I've had some d- tough days. I've had some, some, some rough times. I mean, you know, I'm going through something right now. Guess what the answer is? Faith. Faith. Yeah, he's the author and he is the finisher of your faith. That's what God intended. That's how you're to be remembered. You know, most people in this room probably could not name all 12 disciples. Some of you might be able to. Some of you Sunday school kids, you might, you might got it. All 12 disciples, some of you are going through them now, I know. Bartholomew, I got it. You could you name a few. You may not be able to name all 12, but most people in this room can tell me the name of the disciple that got out of the boat and walked on water. Why? Because he walked out on faith, right? Faith is the story of your life. Your life is to be remembered by faith. Listen, whoever does my eulogy in life many 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 years from now i'm still young somebody say amen all right don't just say he loved his family right which is true i love my family but they say that about everybody right the bad people love their oh love their family right Somebody tell a faith story, right? Tell some story about how he believed God and God came through. Hallelujah. Tell some story about how pastor took me to Vietnam and tried to kill me when I, he tried to feed me a cobra. Listen, tell some story about that, right? Because I want my life to be about faith to faith to faith to faith. Hallelujah. Faith should be the chapters of our life. Faith is what brings the story of your life to pass. And if there's no faith, there's no story. I said, if there's no faith, there's no story. And if the pages are empty and the year just seems to go by and there's no stories to tell, it's because somewhere along the way, we didn't take a leap of faith. Because God intended your life to be one of faith. So let me ask you this question today. What area of your life have you gone from doubt to faith? Because that's the start huh, and the finish. God moves us from one place to another by faith. In Romans chapter 1, it says this, For I'm not ashamed of the good news. Listen, this is a New Living Translation about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God made us right in His sight. Watch this. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. The King James says, The just shall live by faith. Faith. right? And if you're wondering, you say, Pastor, where do I find these stories that you're telling? Where do, where do I find a, a story to tell? Because it seems like my life's very random and my life's very mundane. And, and, and I seem to be going through a season of just complacency. And, and I really don't have any story to tell. And, and if you were to ask me, I wouldn't even know where to start. Then somewhere along the way, you need to say, okay, let me take an inventory of my life. Because I must not be taking that leap of faith that God intended me to take. Because I have to go from faith to faith to faith. Faith is what brings your story to life. Going from doubt to faith. I, I asked a man, I had a man come up to me probably six months ago. And he began to talk to me about his testimony. He began to share with me about a financial testimony that God had. And talk about how he made the transition when it came to the area of tithing and and, and giving and just stepping out in faith. And and so I want you today to hear his story and then I'm gonna invite him to tell you what God has done in his life. Would you hear the story this morning?
1: My name is Matt DeJoy. I've been going to Grace uh, for about a little over a year now, and I thought it was a privilege that uh, Pastor Brian asked me to come and speak to the congregation today. So, thank you for allowing me to do that. I always find it's uh, better to start off with some prayer, I'd just like to say, Heavenly Father, come before you in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to fellowship together and whatever is spoken today. I hope that it's fruitful. So, tithing, tithing was an obstacle for me. Um, Pastor Brian I have talked about a few things. He asked me to come and do this to put out a little bit of a message for what tithing was about in my life. So I've always loved Jesus. I was a Christian a long time and always thought that I was doing the right thing. But tithing, tithing was more of a financial thing for me than it was uh, a spiritual. What had taken place for me was that uh, for many years that I tithed, but it really wasn't a tithe. It was more of a gift because I never really met Tithe. The tithe is like 10% correct of our income, the fruits of our labor. Well, I've always donated would be a good term, but I never met the tithe. Every check came in, I'd give something to God. I thought it was an obligation to follow under the rules that God wanted us to give to the church Else, help supply. The church needed money to function, to do works. What I was taught by God was that he didn't need my money, he didn't need my tithe, what he wanted was my obedience, he wanted me to trust him, he wanted me to surrender my finances unto him in my life. So money has a grip on all of us somehow and for me it had a grip on you know I had to pay these bills or I had to put so much in retirement. Once I realized this, God opened up my heart and I began to tie 10% of my uh, check every time I came in. But I still wasn't doing it right. I was giving 10% after the taxes, 10% after my retirement, 10% after putting into my health care. You know that, after everything's deducted out of your check, everything that you get that's left. After prayer and talking to God on tithing I heard these words I heard your first fruits it was the first fruits of my labor that goes to God there's scripture to back many of this uh, everything that I'm saying up so immediately without hesitation it was easy for me to then transform me paying the tithe on the gross you know, there's a big difference between the gross of your pay and uh, after-tax and everything else that's what's left. So once I got that into order, it was revealed to me that how God actually transformed me. He transformed my heart. I had a desire to be obedient unto God. I had a desire to be in fellowship with God, and nothing was going to stand in the way of that. There's many obstacles that can be in our lives that hold us back from, being closer to God and doing what's right and for me tithing was one of them and that's no longer an obstacle for me um, you know there's many scriptures in the Bible that talk about you know it's easier for a poor man to make it into heaven than a rich trade uh, so for me that obstacle is gone and it really was a transformation for me spiritually that I feel much closer to God that this tithing is easy doesn't have a grip on me in that way and that i'm being obedient i'm following god thank you and i'll talk more about this in some scripture uh, during service thank you would you
0: welcome matt as he comes matt the joy is going to come share the rest of his story today on good
1: morning Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to everybody. Uh, when me and Pastor Brian first spoke about this, there was you know, many stories that went through my head of prosperity. Uh, you know, tithing and the discipline of it and the reward you might receive in this world for it. So when I was praying and talking to God about what it was, the message he wanted put out through me, was the experience I had a transformation of my heart. The transformation of me, learning how to become closer to God, how to be disciplined, and surrender the things I thought I had control of over to God. And really, tithing was for it. I mean, you have a lot of obligations, you have a lot of bills, you have a lot of things you wanna take care of, because you're trying to build your household, you're trying to move forward with your life. But honestly, The things that we hold precious in this world, whether it's a home, a vehicle, or finances, does not compare to the eternal that we build, the things of God that we build for eternity. And me being obedient and bringing everything in my house in order with God was a big step for me. And it drew me closer to learning to be disciplined, just not in tithing, but other areas as well. So I, I got most of the message out when we had the recording, but there's a handful of things that uh, I had notes on that I wanted to share with today. So everything that we possess and I possess, it's a temp- we're temporary holders of it. We can't take it to heaven. If there's somebody here that can take uh, their house, a car, or something to heaven, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, that favorite bass boat or whatever you got going on. Uh, once I realized, you know, that this is, we're temporary holders, Right. And that everything we own is God's. It's a gift from him. Our homes, our lives, our vehicles, everything. And I am blessed beyond compare. I could not have planned my life as good as I have it. My children, my wife, my home, my, my employment could not have done it. And, and, and I'm a living testimony to, to what can happen in your life when you stay in faith. So some of the scriptures that I, you know, because anything that's spoken, we can get emotional about things. We can talk about processes that take place in our life. But if scripture's not there to back it up, sometimes it's, it's not the truth. So I sat down and I, I got out the Bible and I did some research. And I want to make sure the things that I spoke today were on God's word. So what's interesting in Genesis, it says, The stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And on all of that you give to me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Genesis 2822. 2. Right in the beginning of God's word, the very first thing he does is make a promise to us for when we sow into the kingdom of God that he will return to us tenfold. Malachi three ten. Uh, excuse me. It'd be Malachi I'm sorry. Chronicles thirty-one, four, five, and six. Moreover, he commended to the people who dealt in Jerusalem to continue to support for the priests and the Levites that they might devout themselves to the law of the Lord. When we bring our tithe in, yes, it does help the church function, helps things, but it also allows the people that we entrust our spiritual journey to, the, the pastor, to our spiritual leader, to be secure so he can focus and concentrate on bringing us as Christians along in our walk with Jesus Christ. It is a duty for us to do such a thing, and an honor. I don't want my pastor to have to wait to take his wife on a date for a half-off coupon. Right? Personally, now that I know this, you might have a coupon to the island of Palm Beach. You might show up in your doorstep. So, to continue in Chronicles, there's an order to tithing. And I find this out by reading in Chronicles 4, 5, and 6. The son of Israel and Judah who live in the cities of Judah also brought in the tithes and the oxen and the sheep. And the tithe of this uh, scattered gifts which were consecrated, that's prayer, to the Lord, their God, and place them in heaps. Pray before you tithe. Remind God of his promises to us. Remind him of Genesis. That's what I do. I sit down and I pray. I, I, I tithe electronically because my check comes electronically. Everything's electronic, right? There's no more bringing in the oxen or the, uh, the goat. But if I bring a goat here, I'll probably be kicked out. So I sit, I pray, I remind God of his promises, I remind him of things, and I try to be diligent. So Chronicles also goes on to say as the order spreads, the son of Israel provided an abundance, the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all that is produced of the fields. They brought in the abundance of the tithe of all. So that's where I learned the very first thing I do before I pay my bills, eat out. When an electronic check comes in for me, I sit down, I pray, and I make my tithe. It's the very first thing I do to put my life in order to be in an order that God has required us. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring in the whole tithe unto the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Another promise from God. God that if we are diligent and do what we're supposed to, what he will do with our life. Finally, in the scripture, Philippians 2.2, from the words of Jesus, Therefore, beloved, as you always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For me, it's a constant walk into our faith, into our beliefs of being with Jesus. And the things that you find that are obstacles in your life is probably similar to what I found here with my tithing. I had to overcome it. I had to work it out. I had to get it in right order with God. And that's not just the only thing. I'm sure there's many more that I'll find to discover. And as I do, if he asks me to speak on him, I will. So to leave you in closing, it's the things that we stow in the kingdom of heaven, not the things that we stow here on earth. I've searched my heart, and because of what Jesus Christ has shown me on the cross, his love, I've decided to live the rest of my life in a never-ending pursuit of working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I do not want to be just a hearer of the word, but a doer. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.
0: Great job, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome job. You know, he said something that I thought was so, you know, true to what I'm, I'm sharing this morning about how faith brings our story to life is that he, he started off giving. He said it really wasn't a tithe because it wasn't 10%, but then, then he moved to tithing, but he was tithing off of the net, right? And then God took him to a whole other place where he said, okay, now I'm going to tithe off the gross. So he went from faith to faith to faith. And with every faith step, God just turns the page and say, okay, now I'm going to start a new chapter in your life. Now you're going to begin to walk in what I have planned for you because it will always be a journey of faith. God requires it. Hebrews says, without faith, we can't please him. I know I talked a little bit about Pastor and Sister Clark and, and their, their journey in life and Pastor's testimony, his personal testimony, but the greatest stories of his life, and he'll tell you this today, were not before he got saved. The greatest stories of his life has been since he surrendered his life to Christ. Having pastored for more than 30 years and then... At an age when it seems like most people are ready to take it easy and check out and get the boat and just go fishing, and he does love fishing, it's his only fault. <laughs> At that age, instead of doing that, he, he left the grandkids and, and the kids, and and he decided, they decided to become full-time missionaries in the nation of Vietnam. He had traveled there, him and his wife, they had traveled there many times. And I've had the pleasure of going with him on several different occasions and become full-time missionaries in that country, just serving the church and teaching in Bible college and just encouraging uh, Christians. And, and who does that, right? I mean, that's a journey of faith, but that's what God asks of us. To step out in faith. And you might be dealing with something today and, and you're still going through it and, and you're stuck. I mean, you are stuck. I'm telling you, the answer is for you to take another leap of faith. To believe God for something today. Like Matt said, man, you got to get some things in order. He said, my life was out of order. I had to get that area of my life in order. So maybe for you today, it is something financial. You're still struggling with that issue of your life. And and if if you need to to get that issue of your life right, hey, you can do that at any time. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm going through something in my family. I'm going through something in my family that I just, I don't see how it's going to turn around. I I don't see how it's going to work out. I, I, I don't see it faith. Faith is what brings the story to life, or, or you're wondering about a major decision that you're facing. Some of you are facing major decisions, and the answer is for you to take a leap of faith. Can I pray with you today? Would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We want to welcome today the Holy Spirit into your life, the, A fresh and a new today. He's always here, ready to minister to you. If you're holding something back, if if you're thinking that, okay, uh, I'm just going to try to be a little complacent. I'm just going to try to take it easy. I'm just hoping things will work out. You're really not living by faith. You really haven't risked anything. You haven't let go some of the past man I want to encourage you today today is the day to step out of the boat so that when they say your life story when they tell people about the journey of your life they're going to have something to say that this man or this woman they were a man a woman of faith They trusted God. They believed God. God came through for them.